Parshas Kitavo. Everyone knows that in Parshas Kitavo, the Torah foretells what's going to happen to the Am Yisrael when we fail to live up to the standards that HaKadosh Baruch Hu demands of us. We're warned about the many troubles that will befall our nation throughout our history. There's a long list there. In Pasuk after Pasuk, calamities are enumerated. It's not a pleasant experience to read those Pesukim, and that's why nobody wants an aliyah for the Teichacha. It's the one covered that everybody runs away from. In our shul, sometimes there's a man who's misnadif. He volunteers for the job. Take me, he says reluctantly. I'll do it. So when we finish, I give him a special bracha. I make a special mishabedach for the man that volunteered for the toichacha aliyah, the aliyah that everyone is afraid of. It's such a frightening experience that when the Baal Koide comes to these pesukim, he makes sure to lower his voice. He reads it under his breath so that chas he shouldn't frighten you too much. At least, that's how it was in the ancient times when people were more aware of the lessons of the Toyota. Just reading their words created a very great anxiety and depression. Now, I'm not going to change any customs, but the benefit of the Toyota is going lost today. Back then, people were more aware of the lessons intended. When they read the Torah, they felt it. They felt it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking to them. And so it was sufficient to read it quietly. Everyone was impressed by the lesson anyhow. But today, when it's read merely as a formality, it wouldn't be such a bad idea if the Torah was read aloud, even louder than usual. Now if you come here, you already know that in this place we like to talk about happy things. And so even when we talk about the Torah of Parshas Kitavo, we're going to understand it in a way that will bring happiness. We'll focus on one of the happy lessons of the Torah, maybe the one that deserves our attention more than all the others. The first thing we're going to do is to listen to the explanation that the Torah gives there for most of our troubles. There's no secret. Hashem explains why all this happens. And all this will be for you, will be for you, because you did not serve Hashem, your God, with joy, with a merry heart, from an abundance of everything. Now we should pay attention to those words, because it's remarkable that the Torah is emphasizing, what the Torah is emphasizing here. If it were us, we would have said, it's simple why the punishments come. It's because we didn't keep the Torah, that's all. That's what should have. That's what it should have said. I'm punishing you because you didn't serve me. But it doesn't say that. It says we didn't serve him with joy and with a merry heart. And that's a big puzzle for us. Because we didn't serve him with a merry heart. Is that a reason to suffer the terrible punishments? We weren't happy. So what? We're Orthodox Jews. We put on tefillin. We keep Shabbos. And we learn Torah. It doesn't say, you didn't keep my Torah. We were very from. We kept everything. And still, you'll go into exile and you'll suffer all the consequences because you didn't serve Hashem b'simcha, in joy, with a merry heart. Merov kol. When you had everything. Of course, a man must serve Hashem in any circumstances. But the Torah is teaching us here that the most important avoid Hashem consists of appreciating the chesed Hashem and thanking Him, merov kol, because we have so much. That's the one thing the Pasuk makes note of. Now there are thousands and thousands of kindnesses that Hashem is doing for us every day. 
He is the Goymel Chasadim Toivim. And we could spend years enumerating them. I say, we could. We should. We should do it. Believe that there, because that's why we came to this world. To become more and more aware of Hashem by means of the kindness He's showering upon us. I'll tell you a Chiddush right now. It's very important, so listen well. Why do you think you have lungs? Just to breathe? To oxygenate your cells? What about your legs? You think your legs are just for walking? Your teeth are for chewing? No! HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you lungs and legs and teeth so that you should remember Him. It's fun to have lungs that work. Teeth are a pleasure. Legs? Nothing is better than two legs. Legs make living a joy. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you all of these things. For enjoying and for thanking. Your lungs are for thanking. And your legs are for thanking. And your teeth and your fingers. And your house and your children. Your everything is to bring you to more happiness and more gratitude. To the Goymel Chasadim Toivim who is giving you everything. And when you use all these gifts for thanking Hashem. That's when you'll succeed in your career in life. But if you ignore them, if you use your legs only for walking and your lungs only for breathing and your teeth only for chewing, then you're missing out on the purpose of life. And that brings us to the subject of tonight's lecture because there's a word in our Pasuk, Tachat avadta et Hashem b'simcha levav. That needs explanation. All of this came upon you because you didn't serve Hashem with joy and a merry heart. But the word tachat in the Pasuk actually implies something more than because. Translated properly, tachat means instead of. And so we read the Pasuk as follows. All this will be for you, will be for you, instead of you serving Hashem in joy and with merry heart. What we're learning now is that our Kaddish Baruch reminds men of himself in two ways. He uses these two methods. One is the system of showering us with happiness. And the other is the way of toichecha. And in this Pasuk, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us that the choice is ours. Now the first thing we have to get into our heads is that there's nothing better for an Eved Hashem than the first method. And therefore when people get busy saying Baruch Atah for this and Baruch Atah for that, when they thank Hashem constantly, when they are constantly thinking of Him and expressing their gratitude, that's the best way of serving Hashem. When someone is able to appreciate the fact, when he thanks Hashem, that he doesn't even know that he has a liver, he doesn't even know that he has a heart, because they are functioning so smoothly, that's a man who is making use of Hashem's gifts to him. He has a solid state construction, and nothing goes out of order. And instead of ignoring it, he says, Baruch Atah Hashem for my heart. Baruch Atah Hashem for my liver. The same for his lungs and for his kidneys. That's the man who is making use of the first method. He is serving Hashem b'simcha u'betuv levav mirov kol. He's waiting across at the red light and instead of wasting his time, he's thinking, Baruch Atah Hashem, for all the things that are functioning so normally that I'm, un- that I'm unaware of, that they even exist. Thank you, Hashem, for my eyes. Thank you, Hashem, for my warm apartment. Thank you, Hashem, for my children. There are a lot of things you can think, for, that you can think for a while while you're standing on the corner waiting for the light to turn green. 
And he doesn't say it merely because it's a firm thing to say. He thinks about it again and again. He's thinking about the details until a fountain of happiness begins to gush forth from his heart and he actually rejoices in his health. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that, he says, I don't have to send this man any reminders about me because he's accomplishing everything on his own. He remembers me. When things are going well, when his stomach is working so efficiently that he doesn't even know he has a stomach, and when his brain is functioning so perfectly that others would forget they have a brain, he remembers me and he thanks me. But sometimes, after a while, people become accustomed to their happiness and they begin to forget who the author of that happiness is. And because the purpose of happiness is only to remind you that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is around, so in case one forgets, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to help this man in another way. Here's a man who walks into his house and it's warm. It's cold outside. And inside it's warm. Did he ever once say, Thank you Hashem for my warm house. He never even thought about it. So Hashem waits. And he waits. He continues to give you the rov kol. But finally he says, Look, you're not keeping your side of the deal. I'm giving you a warm house, but you're forgetting about me. And so one night you come home and find out that the furnace is not working. The boiler is, bro- is broken and it's cold in the house and the children are shivering. So your wife says, what should we do? We'll freeze like this. We'll all get sick. So you run out, so you run out to Uncle Chaim and you borrow a heater from him. And everybody is sleeping in one room now. The room with the heater trying to stay warm. And you have to be very careful with the heater. You're nervous the whole night. You can't sleep because you know that sometimes there could be a fire, Khalilah. An electric heater can set the entire house on fire. The whole night you're thinking about our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Please send us a plumber tomorrow morning who can fix the furnace. It was so nice. So much fun when we had a working furnace. When the Merov coal doesn't work. When Hashem sees that there's a hardening of the faculties. And now you're ignoring him because of the happiness he has bestowed upon you. So what else could he do? When he sees that you never think about him, you never thank him for everything. So, he says, it's a big problem what to do with you. And so he takes away the happiness. Ooh, ah, it's gone now. When Chaz V'Sholem, something happens. That's when a person thinks about our college Baruch So here we have two ways before us. If a man gets busy when things are going well, and he's always busy remembering Hashem, very good. He's accomplishing in life. But if not, if he just sits there with his thick head and sleeps through life, so then Hashem uses the other expedient to wake him up. It's like a man who's asleep in bed and his house is burning. So you run into him. If he listens, then it's good enough. But if not, then you have to use emergency measures. The house is burning after all. The house is on fire. So you put the pillow out. If that doesn't help, you throw him out of the bed on... So you put the pillow out. If that doesn't help, you throw him out of bed onto the floor. If that doesn't help, you take a pail of cold water and pour it on his head. And if that doesn't help, you take a stick and you beat him until he gets up. You have to save his life. That's all of us. We're sleepwalking through life, not thinking about our rove coal. All of the good we have. You have teeth. Ah, ah. Ah, it's a pleasure. I once spoke to a dentist. I had a problem with my tooth. So I asked him, maybe you should put in an artificial tooth, a replacement. No, 
He said, there's nothing wrong with your own teeth. <clears throat> you hear that? There's nothing like your own teeth. But what are they there for after all? Just for chewing? For biting? For cutting? No. Your teeth are there so that you should think about Hashem. For thinking and for thanking. But you're not thinking at all. You never thanked Hashem for your teeth. Imagine that. A person who never thanked Hashem for his teeth. And not just for teeth in general. In the front you have incisors for cutting. And in the back you have something altogether different. Molars. Grinding teeth. But who thinks about it? And that means that you're not serving Hashem. B'simcha u'b'tuv leiv. Leivav. Merov kol. Because teeth are an important part of the Merov kol. And you're ignoring that reminder to think about our Kaddish Baruch All this, even a toothache, will befall you because you did not serve Hashem, your God, with joy and with a merry heart from an abundance of everything, an abundance of healthy teeth. So one night, late at night, Hashem sends you a reminder and the next morning you're waiting outside for the dentist of the dentist's office before he opens up. You're the first one there because Hashem sent you a reminder that it is not so easy to ignore. And now he looks back and sees what he once what he once possessed, and he therefore remembers what Hashem had given him. Hashem gave, and now that Hashem took it away, he's reminded. At least now he remembers what he once had, and that causes him to bless Hashem. The happiness of life might be easy to overlook, but sorrows are difficult to disdain. Here's a man that never appreciated his eyes before. Every day he said the words, Pokeach Ivrim, Pokeach Ivrim. But it doesn't mean a thing. He's not thinking at all. And now he discovers that something is wrong. He has a pain in his eye and he's afraid. Who knows what it is? Chas v'sholem, it might chalila be that sickness that begins with the G? I don't know. I don't want it. I don't want to say the word. And now he's worried. And finally, he has an appointment with a big specialist in Manhattan. It costs a lot of money to see him. And when he comes, comes there, he's told... You have to have treatment. You need an operation on the eye. Oy vey! An operation on the eye? He has to go to the hospital. It costs plenty of money. And it's uncomfortable too. His eyes are bandaged for some time. For two weeks he walks in the streets with his eyes partially bandaged. And finally he takes off the bandages. And he's back to normal again. Ooh, ah! It is fun to see! From now on, when he says Pokeach Ivrim, he says it with Azageshmak. With such a kavana, such gratitude for the rest of his life, now he begins to enjoy his eyes. One of the very great problems we face today is that because of our desire for luxuries and good times, people are forgetting constantly about the countless, the countless chazde Hashem in our normal day-to-day lives. How can people be so obtuse, so ungrateful? HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives and gives and he gives and toy kedei dibur. We forget the one who is giving. And don't be thick-skinned and say, I'm different. I'm born with a muzzle. I have strong teeth and healthy kidneys. That's what people are thinking. Maybe he's too ashamed to say it. But he's thinking, I'm supposed to have good luck and nothing but good luck all my life. Oh, HaKadosh Baruch says, I might have to remind you. And so if your good luck stops, Khalila, for a little while, that's Hashem talking to you. And that's why tzaras come. Tzaras come to remind people what they forgot when they were living b'shalom, 
Vishalva. He wants you to look back at the good old days. Ay, ay, ay. Where was my head? What was I thinking? I didn't enjoy life when I had it. I didn't say thank you when my head didn't hurt and when my eyes were healthy. Some people go through their entire lives not appreciating. Did you ever thank Hashem that you have a wife? Not even once. Every day you should thank Hashem for that. Every day. How many old Bokharim waited too long and now nobody will marry them. And you have that gift and you don't appreciate it. And that's the great problem of marriage. Nobody is besimcha v'tov lev. Every woman thinks that she could have done better. Every man thinks he could have found a better deal somewhere else. Now at the beginning, everything is beautiful. They break the glass and they're singing. Mazel tov. The band is playing and it's all happiness. It's a nice young kala. They just got married and they didn't have any fights yet. But later, they have to live together. And all types of things happen among human beings. After a while, there's a certain dissatisfaction. She has certain grudges, and he has certain complaints. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, look, someday you're going to walk into your apartment. A man, let's say he's 119 years old. Someone has to go first. So let's say his wife went first. And so in the evening, after Marev, he walks into his apartment and says, Sarah, Sarah, where are you? No answer. And he remembers his Sarah is not here anymore. There's nobody to answer. In the old days, he heard his wife's voice. It was like music. His wife's words were like music to him. But now it's quiet. Where are you, Sarala? He now begins to look back. How good it was when Sarah was there. So Hashem says, Tachas, I hold this against you. Why didn't you appreciate Sarah while you had her? Then you didn't say her voice was like music. You complained. She speaks too much. It's grating on my ears. Oh, Sarah, let's say. She's 119, or Sarah, let's say. She's 119 years old and Chaim was already buried. So she walks into an empty house. Chaim, vu bizdu. No answer. Oh no, my Chaim's gone. His voice was a pleasure to hear. And now, I'll never hear him again. Yes, but who knows when that will be. Now she looks back at what she once had. And instead of remembering the gift while she enjoyed it, she remembers after it's already gone. And what our Pasuk is telling us is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects you, while you still have Chaim, and while you still have Sora, to make sure to utilize it right now and to sing to Hashem all your life. That's your responsibility. While you have it, you should make sure you learn to appreciate it. I want a life of happiness for you, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what Oilam Haze is for. But you'd better get busy because it takes work. It's an avoider to be happy and grateful always. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want you to use your seichel, to use the depths of your neshama, and learn how to spend your days in happiness with a merry heart because of all the good things I'm giving you. You know, when you look in the Chumash and you, you see a remarkable thing, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have said the prophecy of the Torah in a general way and it would have been enough. We understand what misfortune Khalila means, but when you read the Pesukim, you'll see a queer thing. Shachefes and, kad, and, kada, and Kadachas and Dalekes 
and Shidafon and Yirakon and Garov, it's enumerated with details. And more details and more details. And some people feel it's superfluous. I understand already. Leave out the details. But on the contrary, Hashem wants you to listen. He wants you to know what could have been. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu wrote the Toichicha with all of its details. So we should know how important it is to be Mesimcha, the Tuv Levav. Because if you're not, then Chalila, this might happen, and that might happen. Shechefes and Kadachas and Garav. And in case the Balkaide read it too quickly for you, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows us examples of what could be in order to encourage us in our happiness, in appreciating what we have. He says, take a look around. If the details in the Toichacha aren't enough, if the Balkaide is reading it too low or too fast, and you're missing the point, then I'll show you things that are more difficult to ignore. If seeing the words in the Chumash isn't enough, then take a look in the street. And so after davening, when Musa finishes, you walk out onto the street. You're going home to make Kiddush. And as you turn the corner, you see a man coming toward you, and he's holding a long white stick. He's walking in the street with a cane. Tap, tap, tap. And he's living in darkness. You see him at the street corner, and someone has to take him by the arm and bring him across. Now you have to know it's no accident that he crossed your path. Hashem sent him there, so you should see with your own two eyes what Teichacha really means. He saw that you are slow in understanding, so he sent him to teach you a lesson, and that's what you should do. You should utilize him and start enjoying your eyes because of that. Ah, Baruch Hashem, I'm not like him. I'm so happy to be able to see. Thank you, Hashem. And now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that it pays to invest in you. You're a man who knows how to utilize these opportunities. And so the next day you're walking in the street and you see a fellow with one leg pushing himself in a wheelchair. His other leg is missing from the knee down. From the knee down, his pants are empty. Here comes a bum. As a boy, he was always in the street making trouble, throwing bottles at people. He was hanging on the back of buses. And one day he fell off and he lost his leg. So now he's sitting in a wheelchair. The city pays for his wheelchair, and he has welfare and disability too. And when he waits at the bus stop, the bus driver has big derecheretz for him. He's a cripple, a handicapped person, and there are special steps for him. The bus driver lowers the steps, and the whole bus is waiting for him, for this great tzaddik. And the bus driver raises him up on the bus with derecheretz, with the grest covered. That's how the world looks at it. But you look at it in a different way because you remember what a Kaddish Baruch Hu says to you. So you look down at your two trusty, reliable legs. Baruch Hashem for my legs. Oh, what a terrible thing it must be to live with only one leg. And now you start enjoying your legs. At least for one block, you'll thank Hashem for every step. And Hashem says, I see you fulfilling, you're fulfilling your part of the deal. You're serving Hashem with Simcha B'Tuv Levav. Merov Kol. Some people have no Parnassah, no home. They sleep under the railroad tracks or on the benches on Ocean Parkway. If you keep your eyes open, you'll see them. Sometimes you see a woman walking in the streets pushing a shopping wagon. All her worldly belongings are in that wagon. It's a Rachmanus, a big Rachmanus. She has no place to go and she's worn out. 
She can't take a bath and she's full of vermin. She's hungry. Every bit of food is a miracle. If she can get something to eat. She has nothing else. No place to sleep. She sits down on the park bench and tries to doze off. She's afraid to lie down. If she'll lie down on a bench of a woman in New York City, it's a sakana. So she sits on the bench and tries to sleep. What does she do in the winter time? Where is she in, where is she when it's freezing? Sometimes she'll find a hole that she could sleep in overnight. It's a bonanza for her when she finds a hole to sleep in. You have to know that she was sent to remind you. You slept in a home last night. You're a lucky man. You didn't sleep on some bench with all your belongings next to you in a shopping cart. You're a wealthy man. You're leaving here tonight and going home to a bed. Thank Hashem for that. If you look around, the world is full of misfortune. How is it that you're being spared from these things? There are so many things that could have been. Look at the illnesses. I once made a list of about 50 illnesses. Illnesses and unfortunate circumstances. And I look at them from time to time and I think about all the things that Hashem saved me from. You can make such a list for yourself. And it's a good idea to read through, to read through it slowly. So many people are sick. This man has that. That woman has this. Make a list and think, Baruch Hashem, I don't have that. And Baruch Hashem, I don't have that. How could a person who lives a normal life not be busy all his days thanking Hashem? When I walk in the streets with Chavedim, younger Chavedim, we stop in front of medical buildings where the doctors put out their signs and we read them. We stop and read them. Ophthalmologist, an eye doctor, I don't need him. Stomach specialist, I don't need him. Internist, I don't need you either. By each one we say, Baruch Hashem, I don't need you. I try training them to say that. You should try that too. Stop in front of a medical building or a drugstore. They're having a sale. All kinds of medicines. There's a bargain. They're cheap. Thank Hashem, I don't need this. Thank Hashem, I don't need that. Thank Hashem that I don't need that. You have to thank Hashem. Because there are plenty of customers for them. Oh yes, plenty of people need them. So you'll ask me about our fellow Jews who are suffering. Now Hashem has his reasons, and we won't understand all of them. But as far as we are concerned, we have to utilize what he shows us. A man should be besimcha when he sees that he doesn't have those troubles. We shouldn't use other people's troubles as an alibi in order to say we cannot have simcha. We won't use our sympathy for them as an excuse to not thank Hashem. Of course, we sympathize with those who are suffering. Do whatever you can to help them. Be mispalel for them. Certainly, we have to do that. But you should make use of them too. And say, Baruch Hashem that you saved me from this. You saved me from this illness. And that illness. We should certainly sympathize with others. But we must be busy thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu that it did not happen to us. There's no question that our simcha is multiplied by the fact that we've been rescued from the distress that other people had to undergo. Think about how lucky you are that you're well. Ah, to be well is such a happiness. So many people are giving you examples on all sides of what it means not to be well. On all sides. And therefore, how can a person who lives a normal life not be busy all of his days thanking Hashem? If you want, you could come to me after the lecture. And I'll give you the address of a man who comes out of his house every morning. 
Somebody wheels him out on a wheelchair and he has a blanket over his lap. Sometimes the blanket is raised up and you'll see that underneath he has no feet. He doesn't have any feet at all. And then look down at your own two legs. Let's say, even that you have arthritis. Okay, but would you want to exchange your arthritic legs for his stumps? Why is it that all around me people are having trouble? We have to think about them. In this family, lo alechem lo aleinu, a son died. Here's another family where the mother was left a young widow, lo alechem. Here's a man who's suffering from rheumatic fever for years. He's laid up in bed for years and years already. And the person over there had a serious heart attack. And now he's home and he can't work. So his wife, who never worked, has to go out and find a job. I said to our Mispalim this past Shabbos that we should invite 20 people to speak to us, 20 people to testify. And one of them is the man without legs. Roll him in and he should testify. Let him give a speech to you, ungrateful people, and let's see what you'll think. And then we'll bring in someone else, someone who is not able to use his pihatabas. Instead, he has a bag on his side. And let's see who is happier, you or he. And then our next guest comes, tapping his way in with a cane. And behind him is the woman who lives out of the shopping cart. And will summon in 20 such witnesses, and each one, just by standing there, will teach us how to be happy in this world. You know the Chayvah Salavavah says that? He says that when it comes to Gashmias, to material blessings, you should look down at those beneath you. If we would look down a bit, we would see that we're really exceptional. There are so many people who can't come here tonight, so many bedridden people. They're in big institutions crowded with invalids. Mental institutions too. If you're sane enough to come here by yourself, you're more than sane if you come here. You're an exception. One out of ten people in the United States have been in an institution. And if you haven't, or at least you're not there now, so you have to take that as a reminder. Get busy and say like David Amelach said. He said, what can I do? David was worried about it. He said, What can I pay back for all the good that he has bestowed on me? Now, when we prepare for the Yom Adin, it's important to keep this lesson in mind. Because many people, when the last day of the year approaches, they think, maybe I should fast. I should pray a lot and do more mitzvahs. Very good. Very good. Why not? You want to do more good deeds? Yes, certainly. But among the good deeds you do, the most important obligation and the one that is most often overlooked is to be grateful for the year that is going out now. A year ago, we were also standing on the threshold of a new year and we didn't know what our Gzar Din would be. Who will live and who will die? Who will enjoy tranquility and who will suffer? What the coming year had in store for us was a suffix, a real doubt. And now it's a year later, and you're still here. You made it. If you're here, then you made it. Tufshin Lamed Vav was a good year. And in case you don't think so, in case you feel it wasn't a good year, then you have to know that you are remiss in your obligation, and you're not prepared at all for Rosh Hashanah, because that's our obligation in life. 
If you're alive, then you have to be thanking. Now I'll give you a little homework. When you come to the base Knesset and you hear Kaddish being said, so instead of saying, Yehei Shemei Rabba let his great name be blessed as a donation, as a gift to Hashem. Let other people bless him. Let other people bless his name. You mean, that's what you mean? Others should bless his name. No. You bless his name when you say those words. Think of one specific thing when you say, You remember when your tooth was bothering you and it hurt? You even, it hurt you even to eat. You couldn't eat for three days and you thought they would have to drill or maybe take it out altogether. And then all of a sudden overnight the pain subsided and the tooth began to function once again. Thank Hashem for that. You didn't make use of the reminder back then. So do it now. You remember when you once made a, a dumb step? You stepped off the curb without looking, just as a bus was making a turn. And the bus driver pulled the brakes and cursed you. I almost hit you. What a crazy dope. He walked in front of my bus. And you walk away like a dumbbell, not even thinking. Where's the Haitian made Abba for that? Here was a man who has a, ba- uh, who has a Dean Toyota pending, him against, pending against him. He was afraid he couldn't sleep, he told me. A whole week, his stomach was boiling. A Dean Toyota could mean a lot of tzoros. At, at the end, nothing came of it. The other party didn't call him to Beisden. So what did he do? He forgot all about it. Forgot all about it? Where's the Heishemei Rabba Mivorach? That's what Heishemei Rabba Mivorach is for. Don't wait for the future. He's thinking, In the future, sometime when Mashiach comes, the great name of Hashem will be blessed. No, nothing doing. Don't procrastinate. You get started blessing His name right now. And so when you, when you say, It's a good idea to prepare beforehand. As soon as the chazan starts saying, Think, what am I going to thank for this time? Think fast. It's better if you think beforehand, before davening, and prepare at least one thing to thank. But if you didn't, then you have to think fast. Thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you have normal children. Ooh, the Tzadis. I knew a man who had three children, one after the other. All idiots. All idiots. Rachman al-Islam. A terrible Rachmanas. If you have normal children, you have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. You should be thanking for normal children. At least by Yehoshimei Abba, you should think about that. And not one Yehoshimei Abba for all your children. One for this child, and another for the next child, and another for the next one. And when you finish getting through all your children, you can start again. Not Aboisai. Don't imagine that I'm trying, that I'm tying you down to a life of obligations. I'm tying you to a life of happiness. Because as a result of thinking like you're... If, as a result of thinking like this, you're going to live lives of simcha. You can't help it. You're going to rejoice in every function of your body and every function of your mind. You'll rejoice in your food, whatever it is. You'll rejoice that you have a roof over your head and that you have a warm house in the winter. You'll rejoice that you have a cold, that you have cold water in your house and hot water and a bathroom. You'll rejoice in your parents and wife and your children. You'll rejoice in life itself. Being alive is fun. 
And these things, you have to know, are a chiyav gomer. More than anything else you have to do before Rosh Hashanah, the chiyav of gratitude to Hashem is paramount. The Chayv Vesulavavah says that. The Avoida of Hoda'a, of gratitude to Hashem, that's the real Avoidas Hashem. That's why it says, Koine Avodav Bedin. Hashem acquires in us judgment. What does that mean? He buys us in Deen. He's Koine Avodav Badin. Because we're so indebted to Him. We are so overloaded with Chasadim Toivim. And we didn't even start paying back. And now we want to come back and ask for another year. So we're sold out to him. We're mortgaged to him. We didn't pay yet for our last year's benefit that he paid out to us. And now we're asking for another year in advance. So we're mortgaged to him. All we can say is, Hashem. What can I pay you back, Hashem? For all the good things that you did for me. And therefore, if we're wiser, we'll be sure to make use of the lesson of Tachat Hashem lo avadta et Hashem elokecha b'simcha u'betuv levav merov kol. And to start thanking now for all the kindliness of Hashem in our lives. As much as we can, we would like to make the choice to call out to Him in happiness and gratitude. We don't want any other lessons of the Torah, just happiness. And the more we keep our side of the deal and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu always, then He will continue to bestow His gifts upon us so that we can continue to walk on the path we've chosen, we've chosen of Avadata et Hashem Elokecha b'simcha u'betuv levav, serving Hashem in health and happiness, mirov kol. Have a wonderful Shabbos.